Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From cigarettes to cocaine, how nicotine switches the brain onto cocaine. Well, those who smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol are opening a gateway for subsequent addiction to cannabis or cocaine. This relationship was first suggested in the 1970s, and since then there has been speculation over whether this effect was due to environmental factors like peer pressure and drug access, or if physical changes in the brain were to blame. But a study published on the 2nd of November 2011 in the journal Science Translational Medicine provides a possible brain-based biological explanation for this phenomenon. Dr. Amir Levine and his colleagues at Columbia University, New York, a New York State Psychiatric Institute, discovered using experimental mice that nicotine effectively primes the brain for cocaine addiction by altering the structure of an addiction gene. I'm Hannah Critchlow with The Naked Scientists and with me to discuss these exciting findings is lead author of the study, Dr. Amir Levine, and an expert in the field of addiction, Dr. Nora Volkov. Firstly, Amir. We treated mice with nicotine and then on top of nicotine we continued to give cocaine. So what we did first, we looked behaviorally and we saw an increase in the behavioral effect, um, different behavioral paradigms that are related to addiction. And then we saw an increase in the effect on the electrophysiology Finally, we looked at a certain gene that's called the FOSB gene that has been shown to be very important for addictions. And we saw that when we give nicotine first and then cocaine, there is an enhancement in the expression of the FOSB gene. We were wondering what it might be the mechanism for that. And that the final step is that we've discovered that nicotine basically opens up chromatine by inhibiting histone deacetylases. These are enzymes that are chromatin-modulating enzymes, and that's how it primes the brain to the effect of cocaine. So these results indicate that nicotine alters the physical structure of the gene FOSB, which is an important gene for learning, memory and addiction. Nicotine does this by inhibiting histone deacetylases, leading to a process called hyperacetylation of histones, the protein that DNA is wound around. And this change causes the physical structure of the FOSB gene to change, opening it up so that when cocaine is later taken, the FOSB gene is primed, open with ready access to express at higher levels. Well, this mechanism in itself cannot tell us about the causal relationship between nicotine exposure and cocaine addiction. So Dr Levine and his team took the experiment a step further. So we did a few things, actually. We treated with nicotine for seven days, and then we added the cocaine on top of that. We also treated with nicotine for only one day and then added cocaine because we were also wondering, is it really a priming effect of of nicotine, or is it just a mixing of the two drugs that increases the effect of cocaine? And what we saw was is that only when we treated for seven days did we see the priming effect of nicotine on cocaine. But when we treated with nicotine for one day and then gave cocaine, we didn't see that priming effect. So it suggested to us that nicotine has a certain effect, the longer-term effect. It's not just a mixing of the two drugs. 
that caused the priming in the brain to the effect of cocaine. And then when we inverted, when we reversed the order and we gave cocaine first and then gave nicotine, we saw that nicotine increases FOSB expression to cocaine, but cocaine does not increase um, nicotine-induced FOSB expression. The effect of cocaine on your brain is going to be very different if you were a non-smoker and one day decided to try cocaine. If you're already sm a smoker, then it may actually enhance some of the addictive effects of cocaine or some of the biological effects of cocaine. And actually, we did ask that question in the, in, in the paper, and we went back to some of the epidemiological data and it was really nice to be able to go back. It's like I'm very fortunate as a basic scientist to, to be able to go back and look at some of the epidemiology. And what we saw was we looked at smokers, people who smoked and used cocaine, but we could actually look at back to see what the sequence was. What did they start first? And we saw that among people who still both groups were smokers, both were using cocaine, but the ones who smoked first in their history and then used cocaine there was like a 20% chance that they would become addicted to cocaine, whereas the one still smoking, still using cocaine, but they started cocaine first before smoking, and granted that was a very, very small group, their chances of getting addicted to cocaine was much smaller, about 6%. So we have to take that with a grain of salt because it was a very, very, because the uh, gateway effect is so large, so that other group the one who's, who used cocaine first and then smoked was very, very small. But still, it gave us an indication that that sequence may have also a biological effect in humans as well. These results are groundbreaking for researchers working in the field of addiction. And these results also ask further questions, such as, do other drugs elicit similar gene-priming effects? Should nicotine be legal in the first place? Does nicotine prime the pathway for addictions to other drugs? not just cocaine. And finally, could these findings actually help us to discover a new therapy to help beat, or even prevent, all types of addiction? And with me to discuss these findings is Dr Nora Volkov, a research scientist, psychiatrist and director at the National Institute of Drug Abuse, NIDA Bethesda, America. Nora's work has been instrumental in demonstrating that drug addiction is a disease of the human brain. Dr Volkov has published more than 440 peer-reviewed articles and she has also edited three books on the use of neuroimaging in studying mental and addictive disorders. Firstly, how does this study move the field on and do the results have implications for the treatment of addiction? Well, it asks many questions and it has many potential uh, implications. First of all, it identifies that the concomitant use of nicotine and cocaine appears to enhance the rewarding effects of cocaine. So with respect to individuals that are cocaine abusers, humans, since most of them smoke cigarettes, the question that emerges is, is this combination promoting their addictive state to cocaine, which of course has a direct implication for treatment. Do you think these results give rise to further questions as well? For example, whether nicotine should be legal or illegal in the first place? It does raise some very interesting aspects about nicotine. The implications for this particular study, particularly like any other finding in science, uh, needs to be replicated. But if they do corroborate that it inhibits histone deacetylases, which are enzymes that, as its name implies, deacetylase histones, and deacetylations of histones 
then closes the chromatin into itself, making it very difficult to actually for genes to be transcribed. So nicotine, by inhibiting these enzymes, is going to facilitate the opening, it's going to favoring the opening structure of the chromatin that facilitates reading of genes and their transcription. So this is a fascinating finding if, if, again, it's replicated because researchers have shown that in the brain, drugs that inhibit histone deacetylases improve learning and memory. And those, for example, these could potentially explain uh, some of the cognitive enhancing effects of, of, of nicotine. nicotine. Yeah. So it's almost as if nicotine is priming the brain to switch on FOSB, which isn't just an addiction and reward gene, but it's also a, a gene that causes a cascade of activity in other genes downstream that are involved in learning and memory, and learning and memory for that addiction as well. Precisely. So, uh, again, it's not like uh, everything is evil. Uh, there are some aspects of nicotine that have uh, definitely potential for, for therapeutic benefits. And uh, one of them is as a cognitive enhancer. There's also evidence that nicotine has analgesic properties. It can serve as a, as a painkiller. There's also evidence, and this is quite extensive in animal experiments, that it is neuroprotective. So nicotine can minimize, minimize the damage to uh, the brain in models of ischemia, in models of head trauma, in models of chemical toxicity. Do you think there's any way that research scientists might be somehow be able to identify the differences between the benefits for opening up the chromatin for FOSB, leading to good learning and memory and cognitive enhancement, but getting rid of addiction? Do you think there's any way that neuroscientists will be able to tease those two apart? Science advances in unexpected ways understanding how to optimally use nicotine for its benefits and minimize its untoward effects such as addiction is, is, is the challenge we're posed um, as we speak about uh, how do we take this information to its translation for therapy. And do you think that other drugs, for example, alcohol, could elicit similar effects? It's my understanding that Dr. Eric Kandel and his collaborators want to do the experiments to be able to address that question. And do you think they could be gateway drugs to other drugs, not just cocaine, but also heroin, for example, or crystal meth? Absolutely, and actually you could pause it. For example, one of the things that I would very much be interested, I think this would be fascinating, does it in increase um, your vulnerability for alcohol? So it might be the nicotine is first, which then primes the system to learn to become addicted to and get more reward from alcohol. And then it, there's a whole cascade of addiction and learnt behaviour. Yeah, no, it may. I mean, again, the, the stories will determine. And to read more about this story and find more science news, join us online at thenakedscientist.com forward slash news.